Good morning, Anchorage, Alaska, the lower 48, and the rest of the world. This is Bruce Lindquist with this podcast, Wonderful Counselor. Hey guys, just want to thank all of you for taking time out of your life to listen to the podcast. For those of you who are new, welcome. I am a counselor, and I've been one for 35 years. See, I get to go on these amazing journeys with those going through, well, life. You know, sometimes it can be hard, but it's beautiful. And no matter what happens, it's worth the trip. My favorite journey, though, is I've been invited to be with the wonderful counselor, which is Jesus. And it is said every counselor needs to have a counselor. And I have the best counselor there ever could be. If you're not new to this podcast, welcome back. This is the fourth episode. We're at episode four now. And I encourage all of you, if you haven't already listened to the other three, to go ahead and download and share those podcasts. I want to give a special shout out to those countries that are highest downloading, which would be Germany, United States, Brazil, Austria, and France. All told, 17 countries, 33 states that are part of the podcast family so far. I want to thank all of you. 500 plus downloads and counting. So keep downloading. You may be wondering why the wolf. I love wolves. They're family-oriented, protectors, and they're beautiful animals. I've had the opportunity to have one actually jump up and grab my chin. And for the first time in my life, I wondered if a smile would fall off if I had no chin. He was actually just giving me some love. I got to rub his belly. It was the coolest experience like. Um, So I'm very fond of wolves. Up until now, these podcasts have focused on unnamed individuals in the Bible, which if we let them, can inspire each one of them to lead us to abundant life. You see, I don't do well with superficiality. I prefer people who are real and who have the courage to be honest and face their challenges, whether those challenges come from the inside their skin or the outside of it, or both. Today's podcast is going to be a bit different. Oh, I'm still going to focus on an unnamed person in the Bible, and they'll take you to abundant life. But I'm going to do a bit of education first. So now you have the opportunity to be in a counseling session where I'm teaching, and we're going to talk about guilt and shame. And then I'm going to do some few things that are unheard of, but they'll be needed, and those will be later on. It's my understanding that there's many forms of guilt. There's healthy guilt. There's healthy guilt because it points to something you did. You know, you feel guilty about it. You make a change in your behavior. It could be asking for forgiveness, making amends, not doing it again. Guilt actually is beautiful and it can promote change. But then there's this false guilt. It's like blaming yourself for something you didn't do. For example, your spouse dies and you say, if I only I knew how sick she was, I wouldn't have waited to go to the hospital. This kind of guilt causes you to beat yourself up emotionally. And you can if you're not careful. What if yourself to death? That guilt can become toxic and you can live in a state of haunted regret and shame. Now, shame has a positive side though. See, having healthy shame means you have boundaries. It keeps you from going to Walmart naked. right? Shame can also have a very dark side. And that is you no longer made a mistake You are a mistake. It becomes your identity. You might be saying, okay, Bruce, what does this have to do with the condemned man and finding abundant life? And what's that twist you're talking about? 
May I say to you, you ask great questions. In order to go there, let's once again use that beautiful gift God's given you called an imagination. So I want to pause for a moment and close your eyes unless you're driving. And imagine you grew up in a country that was ruled by a cruel military presence. When you locked, walked alongside the road, there was evidence everywhere about how cruel they were because there were men nailed to crosses, hanging until dead as a warning not to challenge their rule. Now, some of these men were actually criminals and stole them and actually killed people. And the soldiers didn't just throw them in jail. They tortured them and then they killed them. Some of them were innocent, some of them were guilty, but they were all crucified if this military presence wanted them dead and to be made an example of. But afterwards, this just became a norm. Oh, another crucified man. You became desensitized to the horror. You see, you're becoming numb to all of it. Actually, it couldn't happen to you. That's what you thought. You didn't like the soldiers, but you weren't stupid. And like these other fools that got crucified, you got good at playing the game. So good, in fact, you lost your heart for humanity. There's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and you're going to make sure you ate them before they ate you. So you joined a gang of men who felt the same way, and you would wait alongside the road for those travelers, and you beat them up, rob them, and leave them for half dead. It got to be a sport. And the reward? You lived better than most of those town folk that worked and gave their wages to those corrupt tax collectors. Are you uncomfortable yet with imagining this? Just stay with me a little longer. One day, the gang struck out on a traveler, but it was dark. And in the blackness, one of you hit him so hard he died. It's one thing to rob and beat up people and leave them half dead, but to kill someone, that kind of went against your crude code of ethics. To make matters worse, when someone brought the torch, you saw the person who you killed, and it was a soldier. Murder. The game just changed. And those of you, most of those who were with you, who you thought were your friends, ran off in terror. You and this other one, though, however, stayed. Like a deer in the headlights of a car yet invented, you were hypnotized in the shock. Then you hear this loud voice, and it like shakes you out of your um, hypnotism. Hey, you! And before you knew it, many soldiers were surrounding you. You were dead to rights, and you knew you would be crucified too. All of a sudden, both of you were hit with such force that all went black. And you woke up in a prison, which was just a holding place for your execution. You felt guilt, you felt shame, and you were in shock. How could life have changed so quickly? The trial was but a formality. You had killed a soldier. And even if it meant just beating him up and robbing him and stealing alone was punishable by death. 
You just gave the most powerful army in the world at that time more than enough justification to kill you and your friend, and they didn't need me in the first place. You see, it didn't matter who you knew, how much money you had, your position in life. You were guilty as charged, you knew it, and nothing could change that. You both were soon to be like the ones you saw on the side of the road. You sit there for a moment, and, and it's the waiting. You know, that's really hard, right? Because all those what-ifs, all those if-onlys start playing in your head. If only I would have not went out that night. If only we would have saw you as a soldier. If only we didn't hit him so hard, he would have died. If only we would have ran off and left. If only I wasn't such a thief and a murderer. Are you feeling the weight of their pain? Their words echo in their hearts like some far-off drumbeat that's getting louder and louder and louder. Then comes the day that you're beaten by the soldiers who want you to remember what you did to their countrymen. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, they give you this heavy cross to carry and use whips and beat you to keep you moving. You look at the crowd of people and some look at you with that same numbness you looked at those on the roadway when they were hanging on their crosses. You couldn't bear those unfeeling eyes. It was like you saw right into yourself, right into your soul. Right now you're questioning if you have one. It seemed like forever, but you finally reached the top of the hill and you fell with exhaustion. You and your friend were tossed on wooden beams and out of the corner of your eye, you saw this nail placed in the palm of your hand and then the gleam from the metal of the hammer shimmering as it cut through the air and buried that nail into your hand. The same for the other hand. And then a large spike was driven into your legs. You now are mentally checked out. In fact, you checked out with the first time that the spike hit your hand. And you left your body to a place far away, a time where you were a boy because the pain was too much to bear. And you feel your body floating in the air and hope death has finally come to save you. Then a loud thud as the cross you are on falls into the hole and you're suspended between heaven and earth. You fade in and out of consciousness. You're suffocating. You have to push up on the nail to keep you from collapsing into your lungs. But when you push up on the nail, it hurts so bad. You, there's no words to explain, to define the cruciating pain that you're feeling. And then you hear words from someone. It's not your friend. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you realize for the first time, you and your fellow thief and murderer are not alone. You look at all the soldiers and the religious leaders mocking this man and daring him to come off the cross. You hear them say things like, he saved others, but he can't save himself. Come off the cross and we'll believe you. 
you can see that the guilt is with the accusers and not with this man. Your friend starts in with all the profanity that's in him. Yes, save us if you are God. You have very little breath left. But you know this man is innocent. You silence your fellow thief with just a few words. And you make eye contact with this innocent man. You can't believe what you're hearing. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Seeing and knowing how much pain your body is screaming for death and how he's asking for them to forgive. You look at this man's eyes and you see nothing but love. This is the last thing you expected to find here. Here is this man dying next to you with a sign overhead that reads King of the Jews. You know the holy book. You've read the prophecies. This man is the prophet. Isaiah in chapter 53 foretold would come. You're seeing the Lamb of God sacrifice for his people. With your last breath, you call out, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, and he looks at you with those eyes of compassion and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. As you pass from this life, you hear him say it. It's finished. And you breathe your last breath on this earth. They take down your body off the cross and throw it into a makeshift grave. You're not aware of this because you've fallen asleep. You're dead. How long you've laid in the ground, you don't know. But something inside you is rising. The weight of your dead beaten flesh is left behind. And you hear a voice, come with me to paradise. And you join risen and alive Jesus. And you enter into paradise for eternity. Where there's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more death. There's no more sin. You know you didn't deserve this. And you know it was only by the love of God that you're here. Now for some of you this account of the condemned man gives you tremendous hope. As it does me. This man did nothing deserving of heaven. But it isn't what he did, it's who he believed in in the end. You see, Jesus left the 99 for the 1, which means there's no such thing as someone who can't receive God's forgiveness and give his or her life to him as Lord. Your past doesn't define your life, the love of God does. Do you hear me? It's not too late until you stop breathing. See, God knows what you've done, but there is a life abundant but you have to go to your cross for Jesus to meet you there. For those of you who are concrete in your thinking, I'm not saying go nail yourself to a cross. What I am saying is that cross is called sin, and it will destroy you unless you die to yourself and give your life to, like this thief did to Jesus. Jesus did it all the work. He took their wrath that his Father in heaven had towards sin, because we deserve sin, and he took it all on himself. He took the penalty of your, of your sin, 
which leads to death and judgment, and canceled your debt. He canceled your death sentence. And only God can forgive and for eternity. Only God can forgive in a way that will change your life forever, that will give you salvation. There is one sin, though, that God can't forgive, and that's rejection of that salvation. Now, this is the hard part for me. I have no problem sharing about the love of God until my final breath is the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. However, when I look at major revivals that have changed the earth, those moves of the Holy Spirit, going back to the book of Acts, in chapter 3, when 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ, had a more somber message. It isn't for those of you, though, that have no problem saying, I screwed up my life, Bruce. I know I need Jesus. I know I need a Savior and a Lord, and I want that abundant life. No. This message now is for you who reject God's gift. The religious leaders at their time were mocking Jesus to come off the cross. But if he did that, then all of us, to include them, would die in their sins and face eternal judgment from Father God. These same religious leaders Jesus told this story to. A man was in a temple praying before God. And next to him was this religious leader. The religious leader prayed this way. Oh God, thank you I'm not like that man, a sinner. And he listed off on how religious he was. Meanwhile, the other man couldn't even look up to heaven. He beat his chest and cried out for mercy and said, God, have mercy on me for I'm a sinner. Jesus then said, I tell you that the man who cried out to God was heard by my father, not the religious leaders. Now by now you may be saying, Bruce, but I believe in karma. I'm not a perfect person. You know, far from it. I'm, I'm, I can say that. But when all is said and done, the universe will welcome me because of my good deeds outweigh my bad. Or you might say, hey, none of this applies to me because I don't even believe in God. Or you might say this whole thing is a bit unfair and protest to heaven. So let me address those three responses. According to scripture in Isaiah, when you rely on your own virtue and your, your good works and your self-righteousness, the Lord says they're like filthy rags to him. You see, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, according to Romans 3.23. And no amount of your good deeds can change that. Do you really think if there was another way to provide your salvation, the sacrifice of Christ, God would have done it? You see, God doesn't categorize sin like we do. So just because you don't sin like someone else does, doesn't make your sin somehow more favored. It doesn't work that way. You can also say you don't believe in God, but according to Romans chapter 1, your very words, the very question, shows you're alive and you have breath and it proves God's existence. Therefore, you're hell without excuse. Do you realize whether you believe in God exists or does not, or you don't believe he exists, in no way does that threaten his existence? Do you realize he who stands outside of space and time and matter is not interested in your opinion, no matter how many likes you get on Facebook? You see, we could change God if he was made in our image. If we were the creators, but we're not. We're made in his image. Once again, I go to Isaiah. My thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord. My ways are not your ways. For just as high as the heavens are above the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. 
The problem really comes down to the two areas. In the day of revival, when Holy Spirit moved the nations and they were transformed, there was a fear of God in their hearts. The problem today is people have lost their fear and reverence of God. And they've deconstructed the love so it means whatever they want it to mean, instead of it being part of God's main character of perfect love that casts out all fear. You see, human love doesn't cast out all fear. God's love does. The Apostle John was a disciple that Jesus loved, and when he met the risen Christ in all his glory, he fell down as if a dead man. You see, the fear of the Lord, according to Psalms chapter 1, is the beginning of wisdom. Trust me, you do not want to die in your sins, and there's no good reason you have to, except for toxic shame. In other words, you're too bad for God, or toxic pride. You're too good for God. And either way, it separates you from God for eternity without Christ. You see, you've been given a life sentence. Do you join Jesus on the cross and spend eternity in paradise? Or do you spend eternity unable to receive love for all eternity? God leaves that choice up to you. See, today you can receive Christ. He paid the penalty for you on the cross. We all have a life sentence but that sentence has been commuted by God. You can follow a thief and a murderer who killed a soldier to his cross and die with Jesus and be raised with him to life. Whether you come out of love because God does so love you and he gave his very life for you or you come out of fear or you come out of healthy guilt and healthy shame realizing you're not God. The only thing that matters is that you come. I started this message about healthy guilt and shame. Healthy shame means you're not God. Healthy guilt means you know you've sinned and you need God's forgiveness. So I'm going to invite you on a prayer. And I dare you to pray this. I understand that this has not been an easy message. I understand that this has not been warm and fuzzy. But if I don't speak truth to you, what good is that? If I just kind of candy coat things, if I, sh- if I try to share you a fairy tale gospel. But that's not the truth. The truth is that you and I are sinners. We're just as guilty as that thief was just as guilty as the thief and the murderer. We're just as guilty as whoever you want to identify and say, I'm better than that person because I haven't done that. We're just as guilty before God. And that righteous judge, God, has a right to, to end sin because sin, is, sin cannot exist with a holy God. And your sin is a disease that's destroying you. Do you want to see what's happening in the world today? And you go, how could this world be so messed up? It's because of sin. It's because each of us have shown us our own way and believe we were right in our own eyes rather than trusting in God to heal us and restore us and to guide us through this fallen planet and to love well. I can't promise you an easy journey if you give your life to Christ. We don't, you don't get a pass on that. 
Jesus said there's going to be trouble. In fact, Jesus said, what they did to me, they're going to do to you. You may die for your faith. You may go through some very hard times. But I can tell you this, that God will not leave you or forsake you. And this time on earth, and the joys and the suffering, and everything you go through, as God makes you into his image through the transformation and power of his Holy Spirit, is a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. God's interested in your eternity. And because the Spirit of God dwells in me, I'm going to risk you not liking this podcast. I'm going to risk in you casting me out because I'm telling you what you don't want to hear. But in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us that we in Christ are a fragrance of death to those who are perishing and a fragrance of life to those that are living. I want you to live. I want you to experience the abundant life God has for you. That's my heart for you. That's my prayer for you. And it's not because I'm better than you. I'm not. I'm that thief. I'm that murderer. I'm the one who hang on the cross next to Jesus. And I need to face my cross and surrender my life to Christ. And when I did that, he transformed my life. Didn't say it's easy. It's not. But he gives you the strength to overcome whatever it is you're facing. If you want a real life, if you want a life that's going to matter for eternity, if you want to learn how to love under any circumstances, if you want to believe in something that's worth dying for, and that's worth living for. I encourage you to join me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I've screwed up. I'm like that thief. But I believe that you hung on that cross, and I believe that you said, Father, forgive them. And I believe that when I said, Lord, remember me, forgive me, I will be saved from my sin. I will be restored in a relationship with you. God, I know I have a life sentence. It's been a hard life sentence in many ways. But I accept the fact that you commuted my life sentence. So sin doesn't have to dictate my life. Your love does. I receive that gift of salvation through faith. I believe I receive you into my heart. I believe you've forgiven me, and I want you to be my Savior. Save me from myself. I've seen myself. Save me from myself. And I want you to be my Lord, because I'm not God. I'm not going to run around naked in Walmart. I have shame, and I realize there is a God, and it's not me. I trust you, and I trust that you can do something with this life because God you know to be honest with you I'm a mess but you can make me a beautiful mess and you can give me a testimony of your faithfulness and love I 
I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you're in the kingdom. You may not have lightning flash. You may feel something. You may not. But faith isn't about feelings. Faith is about knowing. And you have the Spirit of God now in you that will teach you. I encourage you to find other people who believe. Find a good church community um, that believe and that practice loving each other. So, my next podcast, which may get me canceled, (laughs) will be episode 5. And it's called Jesus Meets the Cancel Culture. Because believe it or not, guys, the cancel culture existed in Jesus' time. And Jesus made it.